Welcome in to another Bussing Brackets podcast. I'm your host, Brian Ralph, joined as always by Connor Hope. Today, we are joined by Zach Stearman and Jason Kinader talking Big 12 basketball up next in our conference previews. Bit of a different twist in the Big 12 last year. Texas Tech, not Kansas, ended up winning and came within a couple seconds of winning the national championship, Connor, which I think um, took a lot of people by surprise. And um, I know Texas Tech, people are, are torn on how good they're going to be this year, but Chris Beard's got another good group coming in. Yeah, I mean, last year, Texas Tech was unbelievable on defense, and for me, I think people are going to look at the at the losses of Jarrett Culver, uh, Tariq Owens, Matt Mooney, and really see um, a, a team that is, is going to have to see a lot of people step up into new roles. But the fact that Chris Beard has been able to take some of these lower recruited players and, and make them into stars, take uh, graduate transfers and put them into larger roles and have them succeed and put together a defense that really gives opposing offenses a lot of trouble, I think they'll be fine. Um, obviously, I think Kansas has the most talent and Kansas is going to win the win the conference. But this Texas Tech team looks really good. And, and, and I'm looking for, for Kyler Edwards, uh, Davide Moretti to have some big seasons this year. Kyler Edwards, I'm, I'm extremely high on coming into this year. Um, he played well in flashes off the bench, uh, kind of as they needed him to, but I could see him taking a big step forward. And, and that's what we, we saw, I think, last year, is they reloaded and had a group of, of guys nobody really knew what to expect anything from coming into the year, and they ended up being better than what many people thought would be one of the best teams of Beard's tenure at Texas Tech. So I think a lot of people, Zach, are hanging their hat on the fact that Beard despite having as much turnover as they have, knows how to get the most um, out of a group. And with his defense, has will have them playing at a high level sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. Um, and I think that that is a, a reasonable thing to expect from him. He's shown that he can um, can withstand some turnover. But they are losing a lot. Um, Culver was just such a, a huge part of what they did, obviously, and went on to be top 10 pick in the eBay draft. Uh, I don't know how you replace a guy like that and kind of how he did everything for that team, especially defensively. They're going to really um, need, need some guys to step up. Um, like you said, I think Moretti is going to be uh, definitely a key piece for them. Um, excellent, excellent shooter. Um, has, a, has a wonderful touch. And I'm really interested to see what he can do um, taking on kind of a bigger load for the offense. Um, and one guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing too has played really well for them uh, overseas is the, the freshman, uh, Jahemius Ramsey. Uh, really, really liked what he did in the overseas tour, scored a ton of points, and I'm excited to see him um, and what his role will be with the team as well. Yeah, he was someone I was going to bring up. He's, I think, going to be the next guy. He wasn't a, a five-star, but one of the, the highest-rated four-star recruits in the country. And Texas Tech, un, under Beard, I know it's been a short tenure, but has had some freshmen that have kind of flown under the radar that have broken out in a big way once they've gotten to Lubbock. And I think he's somebody who has the skill set um, to really excel in Beard system. He's really tough, hard-nosed, athletic player, uh, really good dunker too, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but, but probably going to be one of the best two-way freshmen in the country. And I think could see a big role right away and become 
has the potential at least to become that star I think they've been missing. Uh, Jason, when you look at this Texas Tech team, what do you like? What do you not like? What might be some some red flags for you? Well, obviously, any time a team loses four out of five starters, regardless where the team finished the season before, it's it's big. But with this Texas Tech team, losing Culver's huge, losing Mooney's huge. But I think that they have the coaching and they have the the potential with the reloaded roster. I don't know about repeating the run to the championship, but I think that they're going to come they're, they're going to come pretty close to another Big 12 title. Kyler Edwards is going to step into a huge role. I think he looked really good off the bench, especially in the postseason. Um, they have a pair of transfers. I think that um, Chris Clark, TJ Holyfield are both going to have big years, especially Holyfield, somebody who kind of flew under the radar at um, Stephen F. Austin now under the lights at Texas a- oh, Texas Tech. Excuse me. Um, but Moretti's going to lead the team. He's going to be their go-to shot maker. Um, I think he's going to have a big, big year. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm not really buying into the Kansas hype. I think Kansas still has clearly the most talented roster in the Big 12. But um, past that, I think Texas Tech's got a great shot at repeating as Big 12 champions. Well, let's talk more about Kansas then, Jason, because the streak ended last year, and I think – it was maybe a couple years coming that they had, had hung on, but had still won. And things sort of came to a head last year, the perfect storm of events with injuries and off-court things with the Gerald Vick. Um, but they, as you mentioned, I think do return the most talented roster in the Big 12. I uh, really like Devin Dotson. I think he's going to be somebody who is an All-American candidate at the end of the year and, and going to be a first-round pick. I think people are underselling the fact that Doka Azabuke stayed when he played last year, they that's when they were a top five team in the country. Have some good role players surrounding them that they brought back as well. Guys who were thrown into the mix, I think, earlier than expected last year and performed better than expected, but are now going to be relied on in those roles. Um, do you think that they can win it this year, Jason? Get back to winning the Big 12? Well, I mean, they, they have clearly the most talented roster in the conference, but last season was – I mean, last season was pretty ugly. They they were a four seed, but by Kansas standards, that that was about as bad as it gets. Um, uh, Dotson, I'm not sold on. I think that he looked he looked really really underdeveloped at times. He's gonna play big minutes this year. He's gonna he he's gonna be engineering the offense, and I don't know if he's quite ready for that. And that's why Kansas fell last year because they didn't have their Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. They didn't have their experienced leader who can step up. And, and, and carry the team. Azubuki's not that guy. I, I, he's a great player, but he, I, I've never been a big Azubuki fan. I think that his game's very limited down low. Um, Silvio D'Souza, I'm pretty excited to watch, but at the same time, he hasn't he hasn't played in, in a game since the well, what 2018 Final Four. So I mean that that's 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 a while. Um, I think that the senior leadership is lacking. Marcus Garrett is a solid glue guy, but he's, he's no Frank Mason or Devontae Graham. Um, typically Kansas brings in a good recruiting class. This year is not necessarily the case. I think Jalen Wilson has the potential to develop into a good player, but I think that his freshman year is going to be full of adjustments. Um, I love the addition of Isaiah Moss, but I, I just think there's too many moving parts and on the most successful Kansas teams. There's always that one guy that has a big year not necessarily an NBA talent, but he's just a gritty, hard-nosed player. They just don't have that this year. So um, 
that's why I'm, I'm really not necessarily sold on the Jayhawks. Well, Connor, I, I guess bouncing off that, is it relying on Devin Dotson? Is Kansas relying on Devin Dotson to become that guy for them to be the team that people expect them to be a top five team? Or do you think there's somebody else who needs to or, or could step up and fill that role for the Jayhawks? No, I, I mean, I definitely think that the, the, two, the two players that have to be that guy are uh, Azubuki and Devin Dodson. Uh, I think that the ability for them to take some of the defense and bring it towards them will open up some shots for, for the likes of Jalen Wilson and Isaiah Moss. Um, Isaiah Moss is, is a solid three-point shooter when, he's, when he has a good look, but he's not one of those players that's going to create his own, own shot and, and be successful at that. But if, if Azubuki can, can collapse the defense a little bit for some of those shooters to get open looks, and, and if Devin Dodson can play kind of, you know, he's probably not going to be to the level of a Frank Mason, but kind of fill that role of doing whatever it takes to, to get his team where it needs to be. I think they can compete, but but I'm on the I'm on the, I'm in the same boat as Jason. I I'm not sure that they are are um, right now uh, a true title contender. Uh, I think they have one of the most talented rosters, but I'm going to need to see them play early and see how Dodson and and a few of the others play before I make that statement that they can really compete with the likes of Michigan State and some others for the title. Yeah, uh, they lack the recruiting class of. Uh a Kansas caliber recruiting class that Bill Self has reeled in. Last year, that freshman backcourt of Dotson and Grimes showed their youth at times, I think, Zach. But, again, uh, everybody they have that's going to play a a major role for them is an experienced player, whether it's for the Jayhawks or or somewhere else in the case of Isaiah Moss. So I don't necessarily have the concerns about them being – I think they'll definitely be better than they were last year. Let's put it that way. But I, I, I'm sensing I'm a bit higher on the ceiling of this team than Connor and Jason are. What, where do you stand on the Jayhawks? Well, I, I definitely think that they are going to contend in the Big 12 for another title. Um, like like you both said, um, it all revolves around Dotson and Azubuke, and I think they're both kind of – they're going to be all Big 12 players and – um, potential first-round draft picks. I, and I, I'm not concerned about either one of them at all, really. Um, I think they're both going to be excellent for, for the Jayhawks. And really, I, I need to see the guys step up around them. We've talked about Isaiah Moss. <clears throat> I, I'm really interested to see what he does in that system. He's going to get a ton of looks, I think, um, open from three. It's not gonna, he's not going to have defenses collapsing on him like you would if he were um, the main star on the team. Really good shooter, and I think he's going to help stretch the floor a lot. Um, I, I don't know that Kansas should be viewed as one of the preseason favorites for the national title as they kind of are right now. Uh, I think there's too many question marks for them. They just, I mean, they weren't good enough last year for me to have that, that level of hype, but I mean, Kansas is always, always going to be right there. And I think Bill Phillips going to, he has plenty of talent, like, like you both said, and I think they're going to be, um, right there at the end, probably a two or three speed is kind of where I would think that they would be. And, and two, last year, despite all their problems, they didn't lose at home. And having Allen Fieldhouse as something to fall back on as they sort of piece together this group and they find their footing, you can't underestimate that. And I, you know, they were last year a completely different team away from Allen Fieldhouse as they were uh, playing in, in front of their home crowd. I think they find a little bit more balance in that regard this year, um, which I think helps them. Uh, you know, I, I would consider them a Final Four contender, but I'm. I'm expecting a big jump from Dotson this year. 
now that he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time and, and be the primary scorer, playmaker, they're going to go as he goes. And, and I'm, I'm high on what that means for them. They're in the state rival, Kansas State, though, a, a team last year that was kind of at the top and, and split the Big 12 regular season title with, with Texas Tech. But they lose basically everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. They lose all, all of their key players, so to speak, from that team, Connor. Um, it's going to be, a, I think, a, a year K-State takes a step back. How big of a step back is that going to be? I th- I think they're competing with with uh, TCU, Oklahoma State, kind of at the bottom. Oklahoma, kind of at the bottom of the Big Twelve this year. Um, I mean, we we saw kind of what happened without Dean Wade, um, and now that he's gone for good, uh, you know, I just outside of Xavier Sneed, I mean, who do they really have that we can rely on to step up and score for them? Mm-hmm. Um, they've got they've got you know they're going to need a lot of new stars uh and i just i you know bruce weber is an excellent coach uh i'm just not sure they have the talent right now to to compete um you know outside of that bottom four offense was a problem for them last year and they lost all their guys who can score consistently yeah i mean exactly and and so you know i mean if if some of their new players can can step up and score whether it be david sloan their their incoming uh juco uh guard or, or some other ones but i mean you know the big 12 is a it's a it's a tough conference and you know it's 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 gonna be tough for them to to really compete even for an ncaa bid jason connor brought up those teams that are going to be at the bottom or at least projected to be at the bottom of the conference, TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Of those three, who do you think may be the most likely to leap out of that group and get into the NCAA tournament bubble conversation? Uh, without a doubt, TCU. I think that a lot of people look at the expectations coming into last season and then the result. Um, but what a lot of people aren't necessarily looking at are the circumstances TCU lost a handful of scholarship players last year. Jalen Fisher went down for the year, midway through the season for the second straight year. He's now at Grand Canyon. Um, there was just not – it, it would have been impossible for the team to get into, into a rhythm. And besides the fact, they were arguably the top snub from the tournament. So I think that they're losing Alex Robinson, they're losing J.D. Miller, and they're losing Kuat Noy. Those are three big names – but they're also there's still a lot of talent returning. In my opinion, is is another non-point front runner to win big on his hands more than inference, and he'll be up there usage percentage in the country um, from the wing position. High octane sh- scorer shooter um, would not be surprising to me at all if he averaged over 20 points per game. Besides Desmond Bain, they also one of the most underrated players in the country, in my opinion, is Kevin Samuel. Um, he, as a freshman last year, everybody likes to focus on Brandon Clark having more blocks and missed shots. Kevin Samuel did the exact same thing. Obviously not a, not on nearly as much of a national stage as Clark did, but still impressive nonetheless. They have a recruit from Nevada, P.J. Fuller, who I think is going to step into a big role. 
um, right off the bat as a freshman, one of the top rated recruits actually in school history. And then they also have a couple, a couple graduate transfers. So I, I think Jamie Dixon's a great coach. Desmond Bain is, is a player that you'd like to build a contending team around. A lot has to go right, especially a lot more than last season. Um, but if TCU can stay healthy, they can stay intact, and they can actually get into a rhythm, I think they have the talent to sneak in as a 10 or an 11 seed. Fuller was on my list of, of players, I think, that are going to be the most impactful freshmen this year in the country. TCU is going to need his scoring. They're going to need somebody to step up alongside Bain and be that number two guy. And I think he's a perfect candidate to fill that role. The other two teams in that group, Zach, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, maybe some questions surrounding both coaches, Mike Boyne and Oklahoma State and Long Kruger at Oklahoma. I know Kruger has been a mainstay in college basketball for a while and has had some very, very good Oklahoma teams. Um, But since that Final Four run, Trey Young has been the only thing that has saved them from being anything other than mediocre to below average. And it, Boynton has been at Oklahoma State a couple years now and hasn't gotten it, gotten it going. What do you see uh, as being on the line for those two this year, either of them on the hot seat? I think Kruger at Oklahoma is going to be safe. And I, I have a lot of confidence, actually, in, in him this year. Um, leading that team. I, I think he has enough of a track record really to, um, to have shown that he's proven to be a, a consistent presence um, and a terrific basketball coach. Um, and so I, I, I'm not too worried about his job. I think Boynton is more interesting. Um, he, you know, he, Oklahoma state has, has not been good in his tenure there. And, um, and he really needs a good season to kind of, I think, win over the athletic department there. Um, I know that obviously Oklahoma State is very, very focused on the 2020 season, um, 2021 season with Cade Cunningham potentially being a top recruit coming. And, and I think I think they're kind of all in on that season. So I'm not I think that might give him a little bit of stability. But I think Boynton is maybe closer to the hot seat than Kruger is. And uh, and for me, I think, like I said, I think Oklahoma is going to be pretty good this year. Um, they return um, maybe their three most important important pieces um, from season and, and they bring in a top recruit in Davion Harmon um, to play, you know, point guard uh, beside Jamal Bienemy, who uh, is going to be moving off, off the ball a little bit more this year. Um, and, and so I think Oklahoma is going to be good. Uh, Oklahoma state. I have more questions about for sure. Yeah. The, the model of bringing a top recruit to buy yourself next year of job security is something that Shaka Smart has used really well during his time at Texas. He's been there five years now, only four games over 500 during his tenure there, Connor. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he's on the hot seat this year. Uh, what does Texas have to do for him to keep his job? I mean, for, for starters, I think that with, with the talent they have, um, Texas should be in the NCAA tournament this year. And I think that if they, if they don't make the tournament, um, and really, I think that they should be in, in the top, you know, a top eight seed somewhere. Um, and if they can't, I mean, if they can't be in the top half of the tournament, you know, I think that based on this roster, they really should consider it a, a somewhat of a failed season. Um, you know, I, Texas is weird for me. You want to like this team more than you do. And I think that the Shaka Smart factor is kind of playing into 
to where I have them right now. I, I have Texas fifth in the conference. Um, I've, I've given West Virginia a little bit of a bump because of Bob Huggins. Um, and so, <sighs> you know, I mean, it, it comes down, you know, how does Jericho Sims step into his new role? Um, you know, can, can Matt Coleman be a double-digit scorer? Uh, they, they lose quite a bit. They, I mean, they lose Jackson Hayes, Kerwin Roach. Um, and so they're, they're losing some of their leaders. But Will Baker coming in as a, as a pretty solid seven-foot freshman, you know, I, I want Texas to be good. I really do because I think everyone going in, coming into his tenure at Texas liked Shaka Smart. Um, oh, yeah. And I think just the way that he's failed to take advantage of, of some of his, you know, top players, I mean, started with, with Mo Bamba and it's just kind of followed through on that where they just don't perform the way we think they're going to perform. Oh, it, even Jared Allen before Mo Bamba too. Yeah. The same deal. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think if they're not a top, if they're not, a, if they're not a clear tournament team, if they're a, uh, in one of the first four games in Dayton or they miss out on the NCAA tournament, I, I, I think he's gone. I think he has to be gone. The biggest thing that stands in their way in that regard for me is they have to get better offensively. They've just run such a constipated offense throughout Smart's tenure there. It It's painful to watch them play and to try and score at times. And as you try and replace somebody, Jason, like, like a Kerwin Roach, who was able to bail them out at times. That That's my biggest question mark with Texas is where are the points going to come from and how are they going to get them? Exactly. Um, Jericho Sims was mentioned. I have always viewed Jericho Sims as somebody who he, he has all the talent. Um, he's kind of like a poor man's Mo Bamba in a way. He's a defensive specialist um, that can kind of be a little flashy on offense, but he has never been able to step in, in, in into a role. I've watched a lot of Texas basketball and, Oftentimes, I see him looking somewhat lost on the court. Um, I think that despite that, they have a freshman, Will Baker, coming in. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to have a huge year. He's going to be one of the best freshmen in the Big 12. I think he might might even take the league by storm. Uh, as for where the points are going to come from, yeah, um, losing Kerr and Roach is huge. But at the same time, Kerr and Roach was another one of those guys who was very inconsistent, struggled to stay on the court. Um. It, it was it, it was almost like a okay, you know when when Roach was on the court it was you know he'd have these big dunks he'd make these big shots but you can never really truly count for him count on him to be on the court so heading into this season what I think is they have a pair of sophomore sophomore guards in Matt Coleman and Jace Febbers, um or make that junior guards now um, they both had, had had pretty solid years none of them were in lead scoring roles but. With Roach gone, I think that those are two guys that will step up. Courtney Ramey looked good last year as a freshman. He'll step. He he'll be able to step up. And then there there is a little bit, little bit of senior presence in Elijah Mitru Long. So, um, you know, we'll 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 see. I do think that the concerns with Texas are legitimate, but I also agree with Zach in the sense that they have the roster where they should be a top eight seed in the tournament. If they're not, then I would definitely expect Shaka Smart to be fired. And another. Another session of turnover in Austin. Yeah, and I and I think that uh, one other kind of wrinkle in this story is 
and I think the entire country is kind of rooting for this, is I think everyone kind of wants Andrew Jones to come back uh, to to the point where he's playing at the same level he was pre-cancer. 100%. And I think if he yep. can – I mean, he was playing well before he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he's fully cleared, which is awesome. And if he can come back and play at that level, um, I think Texas will be – will be a little bit better than than uh, I I expect. But, I mean, it's more of a wait and see on that because we really didn't get a, a chance to see how well he could play uh, last year. I think if he's back, that changes things. Uh, well, he is back, but if he's back to playing at that level, that changes things because then you suddenly have your go-to scorer. You have a guy who can play with the ball in his hands. You're comfortable with him making decisions, whether to create shots for others or to create his own. The problem for me is if Shock Spark knows how to use that because he hasn't shown that he has. And I, I think that's been the biggest problem, again, with, with Texas is the fact that their offense, it doesn't look like they know what they're doing. They'll run a, they'll run a couple motions and then it becomes iso ball, and it, it just has been productive. I know that we, we have our reservations about Texas competing at the top of the conference despite the talent on their roster, Jason. Who would you put as the biggest contender to Texas Tech and Kansas at the top as maybe that being that third team that could go in there and kind of crash the party of those two? Absolutely 150% West Virginia. I'm very, very high on the Mountaineers heading into the season. Big Oscar Toshibwe, I believe it's how it's pronounced, fan. Um, big, big fan of his. I think that um, I was actually reading he's the top recruit in West Virginia history. Bob Huggins has, has not been able to get in five-star recruits, high-ranking four-star recruits. He he's different. I think that he's gonna he's gonna bring he's gonna bring in a double double every night. He's not like an Esau Mod or Sagaba Kanate type where he's a little inconsistent. No, he's fluent offensively and defensively. He's gonna do a lot for the Mountaineers. And past him, I think that um they have some complimentary pieces that maybe not everyone's talking about, but um, two players in particular that I really like are Jordan McCabe. Um, mm -hmm. went, he went viral when he was, I believe, in middle school, and now he's at West Virginia. And um, actually against TCU, he had a, he had a huge, huge game. Uh, once Beetle Bolden decided to transfer, he stepped into a big role and looked good. He looked raw at times, but he was not very highly recruited out of high school, so – um, I think that with another year as a starting point guard, I think he's going to make big strides. And then Derek Culver is another guy um, was, was the best freshman on the Mountaineers team last year, looked very, very good at times. And, and I think that he's going to be, he's going to be one of the big three in, uh, in Morgantown. I think that they definitely have the roster. They have the coaching. Um, last season was ugly. Um, the, the, they, it all yeah, yeah. It all started with the loss of Buffalo, which actually looked a lot worse at the time than it ended up to be. Um, but still, it was a it, it horrible, horrible season last year. I think they'll be back. Maybe third place is a little high, but that's the best thing about the Big 12 this year. Past Kansas and maybe Texas Tech, it, it's anybody's league. Oklahoma State's returning their entire starting five, I think. Um, Oklahoma always finds a way to sneak up. TCU has Desmond Bain. Texas has great recruiting class. I think that Kansas State actually is, in my opinion, probably the weakest team, but West Virginia is a team to watch. West Virginia, I think, last year struggled to find a real identity 
post Javon Carter and Dexter Miles. I know they were still past Virginia and doing all that stuff, but they never really settled into their roles, so to speak. No one established themselves. And part of that was because they were such a young team, but they got everybody back. Um, Some big additions, as you mentioned. Connor, I know you're really high on West Virginia as well. Quite as high as Jason. I I have them fourth right now. Um, I think they actually might have a higher floor than my third place team, which is Baylor. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if Scott Drew kind of turns the right knobs and, and gets the, the right players in the right positions with that depth, uh, they could actually challenge Kansas and Texas Tech at the top of the Big 12. For, for West Virginia, uh, I, just need, I just need to see it. Um, you know, last year was, was kind of a disaster and, you know, they, they, they don't have a lot of, I guess, what you would consider the reasons for that disaster. Um, but anymore, but you know, they, behind Derek Culver, they really don't have, have someone that's proven to be a go-to scorer. So we're just going to have to see. Um, obviously the press defense is, is difficult for anyone to play against. So if they can get the defense on the right page, the offense should follow suit. Uh, but yeah, I, I have them, you know, as a borderline top 25 team, kind of in that fourth place area for, for the big 10, big 12, sorry. But you have Baylor number three. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, they, they return Jared Butler, um, they bring in Masio Teague from UNC Asheville, who's who's a very solid scoring guard. Uh, I'm actually looking for for Devonte Bondu to uh, be one of those players that can come off the bench and possibly score double digits for for the Bears. But they can go a legitimate, you know, nine to ten deep, um, depending on how well Jordan Turner, uh, Flo Thamba play. Um, but they, I mean, you know, they're not, their starting lineup isn't going to wow you like say Kansas or a Texas tech will. But if you, if they can get into the teams, the other team's bench, they're going to win a lot of basketball games this year. I, I would probably have Baylor as a number three team right now as well. Zach, who, who are you looking at as being the biggest threat to Texas tech and Kansas at the top of the big 12? Well, for me, it's definitely Baylor, and I actually <clears throat> Baylor for me is my preseason favorite in the Big Twelve, and I think okay. uh, kind of on my on my Love own. I, I think Tristan Clark is going to be the best player in the Big Twelve this year, and um, if he can stay healthy, obviously, um, he was off to a huge start last year, um, averaging I don't know something like seventeen points and six rebounds or something like that, and um, just a big guy that you know is a, a real presence. Um, down low a great great scorer uh, he kind of can do it all for them and I I, I think he's going to have a great season um, I look for him to be potentially maybe the player of the year in, in the Big 12 um, I'm, I'm really excited about Davion Mitchell as well um, transferring in um, and, and then like like you guys have said their depth is, is just ridiculous and uh, I, I like Flo Thamba um, down low uh, I, I like Mark Mark Vidal as well. He's a really, really good player. I think they have a lot of great pieces, Bandu. Um, vital for me, I think, is going to be, you know, him and <clears throat> I, I, I think he's, and Tristan Clark are going to be uh, maybe the two main cogs of that, of that team. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about them. I think they, you know, I'm not super high on any Big 12 team as far as maybe like a Final Four team, um, 
but I think Big 12, or I think Baylor um, has just as good a chance as Kansas or Texas Tech getting there. Well, the one team we haven't talked about yet is Iowa State. They're another team that lost pretty much everybody from last year's group. They do return a couple key players, Tyrese Halliburton being right in the forefront of that conversation. He's somebody a lot of people are looking to as being a real breakout candidate and potentially being a first-team All-Big 12 performer this year, Zach. But outside of him, there's a lot of question marks with this team. So where where do you see them fitting in, in the Big 12 standings? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they're going to struggle. Um, Halliburton, I'm, I really do love Halliburton. He was awesome in the, the FIBA Under-19 championship this year. He kind of took over a lot of games there, um, really, really played well. I think he is going to be a great thing, We don't hear a lot of talk most off-seasons about the way someone played in FIBA, but anytime somebody brings it up or brings up Halliburton, everybody raves about how well he played in that tournament. He was incredible. And, and I think, you know, you have a player like that he really needs to become like a transcendent, like, I don't know, top top 15 draft pick type player to really carry Iowa State to the to the tournament, I think. There's just not much around him. I think he's going to be relied on to kind of do everything for him. And if he steps up and becomes, you know, one of the – I think they're really going to struggle. I have them, I think, in the lower, you know, bottom three or four teams, I think, in the, in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, and Jason, I, I could definitely see them getting off to a slow start because of that. I got a, a young team around him that's going to have to try and find their roles. Uh, but I'm interested to see kind of how they'll be once they hit Big 12 play. Where do you foresee them finishing? I think that Iowa State will finish. They'll, they'll be in the bottom five of the conference. I think that they'll be in, in a pack with TCU and Oklahoma, maybe Oklahoma State. I think that the bottom of the conference will look something like Kansas State, maybe Iowa State. But at the same time, Steve Prohm, one of my favorite coaches, always finds a way to win with, with what he has on the court. Um, and Halliburton, Halliburton looked, looked awesome. Looked awesome this summer. I read a bunch of stuff about him, nothing but good things um, that I read. But the thing with Halliburton and Iowa State, they're in almost the same situation with Desmond Bain and TCU, except we've seen Desmond Bain perform well in college games. Last year, Halliburton had a good year. But he didn't have the year that it looked that it looks like he's going to have based off what he did in FIBA. So I think that by that property they'll be below TCU. But with Halliburton in the mix, I don't think that they'll be the worst team in the Big Twelve by any stretch of the imagination. I think the conference will be competitive one through ten throughout, but I, I can't I can't see them anywhere above maybe six or seven. Connor, where do you see Iowa State finishing in the, in this group? Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just run through where, where I have teams ranked Kansas, obviously one Texas tech two Baylor three. Um, as I mentioned before, I have Texas at five with West Virginia at four Iowa state. I have in that seven to eight range. Um, I'm high on Oklahoma state. Um, Iowa state really for me comes down to who takes the shots that are going to be available this year. Um, they, they lost uh, a lot of their shot takers. And um, Prentice Nixon comes in from a Colorado State uh, as one of those guys who's a, kind of a high-volume shooter, um, but not a very efficient one. So I think if he becomes that uh, second score, scorer behind Halliburton, they're in trouble. 
But if, if you have a, a Jacobson come in and, and score rather efficiently, efficiently or, or Solomon Young can step up after his, his you know, injury-shortened year and, and can play like that, um, I, I think that their ceiling, I, I agree, is probably sixth. Um, their floor for me is probably ninth. I think that Kansas State right now for me is, is the clear 10th best team in the Big 12. So, yeah, I, th- I think they'll probably finish seventh or eighth, though. Okay, fair enough. I, I think they'll finish bottom five as well. I, I would probably put a more seven or eight, but at that point, it's only a game or two really deciding those teams there. The Big 12 has developed a reputation the past decade or so of putting 80, 70% of the conference in the NCAA tournament on any given, any given year. So, Zach, I'll start with you. How many of these teams do you think make the tournament at the end of the year? Um, for me, I think right now there's there's probably six spots. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of a down year for the conference. It, it is deep, one through ten. I don't think they're going to have that one standout team. I don't, you know, like I said, Baylor is my top team, and I kind I have them right now as the ninth best team in the country. So, um, like, I, I don't I don't love the Big Twelve this year. I think they're, it's going to be a down year for the conference. Um, six teams. I, I think. Uh, you should see Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, obviously all in West Virginia, Texas, and I think either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or you know we talked about Iowa State. If Halliburton really has a great year, maybe it's Iowa State. What are those three teams? Um, and, and so it's probably six for me. Okay, Jason, what about you? Give me your number. Um. So let's see. Last year they had. I mean, you you could argue last year they had eight teams and conversation throughout throughout the season I think it's going to be significantly fewer as for actual contenders I think that the only contenders to do anything make any noise on a national scale are Kansas Texas Tech and Baylor in order I think West Virginia and Texas should they given their roster they should be in the tournament but never know with the big 12 um, and then TCU is a team to watch Iowa State's a team to watch maybe Oklahoma State but they're returning five starters from a team that was very subpar. So I think that a realistic number at low, at the very lowest, we'll see four at the very highest. We'll see seven. So I think five's probably a good number of teams in the tournament. Connor, what do you think? And how many do you think are legitimate final four contenders of, of that group? Uh, I think, I, you know, we, we, been talking about legitimate final four contenders in each of our conference previews. And, and it seems like every week, uh, every team we talk about with the exception of Michigan state, we kind of say, are they really a final four contender? (laughs) So, um, I, you know, I think this year the final four contender uh, moniker is going to apply to a lot of schools because I don't necessarily think that there's that many standout programs in, in basketball heading into this year. Uh, I would say that Kansas is probably the best bet if, if one of these teams is to make the Final Four um, with with I, Baylor and Texas Tech probably behind them. And I would say Baylor, uh, based on their experience, is probably ahead of Texas Tech when it comes down to winning four games in March in a row. Um, getting into the tournament, uh, I'm going to go with six. Uh, I think it's going to be those top five teams in, in the tournament. Uh, 
and then you're going to see either a TCU or an Oklahoma State or an Iowa State do enough in the non-conference uh, and be competitive enough in the Big 12 play to earn themselves you know, a, a 9, 10, 11 seed. So I'm going to say six uh, from the Big 12 get into the tournament. But, you know, do I think any of these teams are a real threat to win the national championship? Uh, if Kansas can put it together, they are. I just don't, I just don't think that any of them right now I'm willing to put money on. I, I would put two as definite Final Four contenders in Texas Tech and Kansas. Texas Tech, I think we've seen the past couple of years how tough Texas Tech's defense is to play against in the NCAA tournament where you don't have a ton of time to prepare and they're, you're playing teams that don't see it on a weekly basis. I think this group has probably just as much talent as last year's Texas Tech team did. It's just going to take you know a couple months for them to put it all together just like last year's team did. And I think by the time they get to the tournament, that potential at least is there. A lot of it will depend on the draw, of course, like it does every year. But I think that potential is there because of their defense. And then for Kansas, I, I really think Devin Dotson's going to have that breakout year and, and be an All-American kind of player by the, by the end of the season. If he does that, I think Kansas kind of runs away with the Big 12, stays among the top five teams in the country all season long, and I could see them really making a Final Four run as long as he gets some help. And that's, I think, the biggest thing for me outside Azubuke is making sure those role players step up. But I, I think if Dotson makes that leap, and I know I'm kind of much higher on him than it sounds like you guys are, but if he makes that leap, I think Kansas then has legitimate Final Four national championship aspirations. Zach, who's somebody – we've talked about uh, Devin Dotson making that leap. We've talked about Halliburton making that leap. Who do you see as being the breakout player in the Big 12? Um, well, one guy that I like a lot, um, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier is for Oklahoma, Jamal the enemy. Um, I, I don't know that he has breakout, you know, all American potential. Um, but he was, he was really good last year as a freshman. Um, he was kind of playing out of position a little bit. He likes to be off the ball. And like I said, they have a, a freshman, uh, point guard coming in, uh, Davion Harmon, who is, uh, going to, I think, be handling the ball more often. And so I think you're going to see uh, the enemy potentially be um, maybe an all-Big 12 type player. Um, if, if he can uh, develop into a little bit more of a score, um, that's kind of what they need from him for sure. Uh, Jason, it sounds like you feel Desmond Bain is going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a mixture between what we saw last year Um as well as the current situation that TCU's in. Last year, Alex Robinson had the ball a lot. This year, they, he's gone. Um, Kendrick Davis transfer, which is really tough because I thought that he, he had big breakout potential heading into this year. So it'll be, um, be RJ Nemhard. But he's not, he's not really a, a Alex Robinson-type point guard. So um, that'll result in Bain having the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, I think that he'll be the primary shot taker, shot maker. He'll be doing really everything on the offensive end for TCU this year, um, that, which will be exciting because in the years under Jamie Dixon, they've always kind of spread it around, whether it be with Kenrick Williams and Vladimir Brodzianski or um, Jalen Fisher when he was healthy and Bain. But now it's just Bain. And if Bain could put up those numbers when he was splitting usage with other players, I think that 
this year when it's really going to be just him, I think that the opportunities are endless. I think that he's going to have a huge year. Again, I think he's going to average over 20 points per game. Maybe it won't turn into TCU having a great season, but regardless, I think he's going to put up big, big numbers. Connor, give me your guy. Uh, Kyler Edwards. And I don't think that it's going to be close. Um, you know, I I honestly think Davide Moretti is only going to be as good as Kyler Edwards can be because if Davide Moretti has to be the primary scorer um, and create his own shot and do things like that, I, I think his efficiency might might decrease a little bit. Um, I agree 1,000%. And I think Kyler Edwards is that player that's going to have to step into the I'm the primary scorer, I'm the one you have to defend, I'm the one who's going to open up the floor for the rest of my teammates. Are you concerned about him and, and Ramsey potentially kind of taking away from the other one's production at all? You know, I, I would be in most circumstances. Um, I think that uh, Chris Beard has such a culture of the best shot taker takes the shot and, and whoever has the hot hand is the one that's going to be scoring. Um, we saw it last year kind of down the stretch in some of those games where Matt Mooney took away some of Culver's, you know, scoring, I guess you could say, just because he was the one with the hot hand. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that one of those two players is going to come out as, as the primary ball handler and uh, the one who's going to set the table for the rest of, rest of the team. And right now I'm more willing to put my money on Edwards doing that than Ramsey. That's fair. Okay, and we'll wrap up with one bold prediction from each of you for the upcoming season. We're going to hold you to it at the end of the year. But, Jason, give me your one bold prediction for the Big 12 this year. Mm. That's tough. I don't think that the Big 12 has a team that finishes in the top 10 um, heading into the NCAA tournament. And I say heading into the NCAA tournament because I think that there are some teams – that I have the potential to make a run as a four-seater or such. But I, I also don't think that – I think that – I don't want to call this Big 12 like a Pac-12 sort of situation, but I think that these teams are going to beat up on each other a lot. Um, maybe maybe this is going to be a year where it's just Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech at the top. It's not going to be kind of spread out. But I think that the, bot, that the other seven teams are going to really, really – all those games are going to be close. All those games are going to be toss-ups. A lot of teams are going to win different games. So I think that in the final AP poll before the tournament, no Big 12 teams in the top 10. Um, but I think that two Big 12 teams make the Elite Eight in Kansas and Baylor. Okay. Zach, what about you? Well, I kind of, I, I guess I kind of already gave mine away being, I think Baylor is going to win the conference. Um, I, I think that is going to surprise a lot of people, but I, I really. That's bold enough. Yeah. That's bold <laughs> if, enough. If, if there's anything else, uh, I do think actually Texas is going to put it together a little bit. Shaka Smart is going to, I think he's going to save his job. I think they're going to make a, uh, at least around a 32, which I don't know if that's enough to save his job, but I think he stays, he stays in Austin for another year. Connor? Bold prediction. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go with something that I've kind of been considering uh, for a while. I think that Derek Culver leads the conference in scoring and wins player of the year. Um, wow. I think that 
he's going to have to take such a big role in that in that West Virginia offense, uh, and and his defense is going to mature um, in his second season. Yeah, I, I think that he scores probably 16, 17 points a game and uh, and wins wins Player of the Year. Okay, I'll give you mine. I think Kansas spends more weeks ranked number one in the country than any other team. Wow. I am, uh, if you can't tell by now, extremely high on Devin Dotson. And I, I think the pieces fit well enough around him. And there are so many question marks with all the top teams in the country. Even Michigan State is going to be preseason number one. Don't, there are major questions about their lack of size and, and lack of front court depth. Every team you can go down the rung and there's some sort of major hole or glaring weakness that they have. Kansas may not have the top-end talent that we've seen from them in years past, but I think they're the most well-rounded – at least as it looks right now, I think they're the most well-rounded team in the country, assuming Devin Dotson makes that leap and becomes the focal point. So I have them being number one in the country more than any other, any other team. And with that, I'll wrap up another Busting Brackets podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you tune in next week as we break down another surprise conference. Talk to you guys then.